Welcome to Subversion with 1517. Subversion is a podcast dedicated to exploring big ideas, pushing against accepted opinion, and just maybe inciting more creative subversion in society. Today's episode is a conversation with one of our 1517 community members, Tam Pham. Tam has written a number of books of which we speak about during the conversation and helps a lot of young people get their dream internships and start their careers outright. Uh, Tam has a great bit of experience that we can speak from. He and I were both in Toronto for an event uh, that he had actually introduced me to. We talk a little bit about that in the conversation. We talk about networking. We talk about creative ways of getting a job. It's not a conversation that if you are a young person who is interested in landing your dream internship or networking with influential decision makers that you'd want to miss. Uh, Before we start... Subversion is brought to you by 1517 Fund. 1517 Fund supports startups led by young founders with grants, pre-seed, and seed stage funding, as well as mentoring and a community of a thousand plus peers and collaborators, people like Mr. Tam Pham. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can get in touch at 1517fund.com forward slash take dash action. That is 1517fund.com forward slash take dash action, because a real education is a liberation. So, so we, we were saying earlier that the thing at the end of the day that people shouldn't fall into is this victim-based mindset, right? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? I feel like a lot of people have a victim mindset in terms of when they want something and they say, oh, I can't do that because this happened to me and, oh, this happened to my family or I grew up with these circumstances and therefore they can never do anything else. Whereas an agency mindset is more like, okay, these things may have happened to me. They may have sucked. Who knows, right? Um, or they probably do suck. But what can I do about that afterwards? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I go forward from that? A very pure example for young people would be like, oh, you know, I graduated from a really good school and I can't find a job. And all these freaking junior um, you know, positions say you need two years of experience, but how can I get experience if I don't have a job? And all this like backward stuff. And I'm like, okay, that may be true, but what else can you do to get experience? What else? Uh, how have other people gotten jobs that you know also was in your shoes? What do they do? And you find a way around that instead of saying, you know, the world should work in my favor because I am myself. So an agency-oriented mindset in relation to creating opportunities or bringing them towards you, right? <laughs> yes. You summed it up nicely. I was like, I'm like story-based, you know. Uh, that, like, that's my job. My, my job is to sum things up. <laughs> you know, people, I always tell people, um, people who listen to the podcast, they listen for the guests, and I only talk where I think that summing something up might make sense. Okay. <laughs> um, so no, hopefully this... they, they listen for you too. One of the things I, I've certainly noticed is, I, 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 victim's an interesting word. I understand what you mean by that, um, but it's like a very charged word, especially in today's <laughs> political climate. Um, I definitely notice a lot of people who, in the typical political climate conversations, would never be thought of as victims, but adopting a mindset like this, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they graduate from an elite university, you know, they're they're you know a straight white cis male, you know, non-disabled, whatever you want to throw in. 
Um, <laughs> I'm getting political. No, I'm, I'm, so so I, I, I'm just throwing this out here because I think it's really easy to start thinking when you say a victim mindset for people to say like, oh, obviously that doesn't mean, you know, these people. And where often you actually see people like that, people who honestly like look like me, who have very much of this mindset. I call it a highly schooled mindset. Highly schooled. Okay. Because it's like, yeah, you have to follow these specific steps to get to the thing that you want, but then they come out of school and they look for a job and then they throw up their arms. They're like, ah, I guess I have to go to grad school. I meet people who they're out of college one year and they go and they get an MBA. Very wise. It's absolutely <laughs> crazy. So, Tam, you wrote um, a book a couple years ago, around the same time that I, I wrote my little book, The End of School. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I wrote two. I think you want to talk about the internship one, yeah? Well, let's talk about both of them. Sure. Well, the first one was called How to Network. And the biggest question I kept getting as a young person who got a lot of early you know, breaks or like career opportunities... Um, yeah, and, and for for reference, I am here in Toronto with you because you introduced me to somebody who is a very interesting person who's very well connected that's, that's throwing an event this weekend. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the last event he hosted, his, we just mentioned his yeah, name. Yeah. His name is Sol Orwell. Super awesome, interesting guy. Um, and somehow he's like super connected to all these folks. Um, the last charity event we went to in New York, he had um, like Seth Godin, Mark Manson, Ramit Sethi. Dor- Doris Clark, like Nomadic Man, you know, a bunch of these folks like you read online for years. I've, I've read them for a long time and some of them were like, I really admire them and I'm in the same room as all these folks in the same event, you know, wearing the same name tags. And I was like, wow, this is nuts. Um, so I'm glad that you introduced, or you uh, met Sol because he's such a cool human. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first book was about networking and everyone kept asking me like, how do you know so many people? How did you get so many internships, how, you know, how, how did it all happen? You're only like 18, 19. Um, and so I wrote a book to kind of conquer that um, uh, that question. And the main punchline of the book is people think of networking as sleazy and um, they think that, uh, or they might assume that you have to like, I assume you have to play golf with somebody, you got to trade business cards, you got to like be super extroverted when you go to like all these different conferences. When in reality, um, the real truth is that networking is just, a professional way of like professional way of saying how to make friends mm. and if you know how to make friends then you can know how to quote-unquote network mm. and when you start framing it like that you start to see what's actually possible when you go to a different uh, context when you go with the tension of just making friends understanding who the humans are because um, at the end of the day humans make friends with humans and they like other humans not you know networking or like business type of you know lingo whatever they try to call it yeah, I, I personally, in some of my writing, I will talk about networking, but I hate the word because I think people hear networking and they think exactly what you just said, which puts people into a script psychologically where they think, oh, I have to ask this person, what do they do? Or where did they go to college? Or what did they major in? All these questions that are actually like, they're, they're highly scripted, right? So they bore both parties. No one, very, very few people, I, I, I don't like speaking in... Big statements like that. <laughs> but very few people make friends based off of, oh, what did you major in? Unless it, they both majored in like something super niche, right? Like, yeah. If someone said, well, I majored in philosophy with a, with a focus on moral psychology because I wanted to study the political elements of <laughs> liberalism, like I might be interested in that, but no one is going to answer like that. Yeah. 
you know what's also crazy is I, um, just to give context to the to the listeners um, I've been uh, living out of a suitcase for the last six months and I've been traveling to like Asia and other parts of the world and no one like asked no one asked what do you do right mm-hmm. like whenever I travel they, they they get to know me as a human and we get to connect on like such deeper levels and when I went back to San Francisco for a little bit before I went to Toronto here I remember being in a climbing gym and I'm with my friends and my friends these random guys would ask like my friend who's who's a woman she, and they asked like oh what do you do for work she's like oh i'm a software engineer and they're like what languages do you program and i'm i'm just like what link what's what what is this you know this uh word choice and languages that we're talking about so mm-hmm. different from the u.s and from the from the world and um how we have it so backwards here i i feel like yeah, I mean, I, I think a big part of this, too, goes back to people tie their identity so much to, you know, what they majored in or where they went to school, what they were studying. Yeah. And then they immediately grab that job, right? Yeah. And what they majored in, what they were studying is often a function of the job that they want to get. So, again, their identities are really tied to this. And if my own identity is really tied to whatever job I got, I'm going to... I think people naturally assume that other people's identities are. So no. this is like the the... <laughs> lowest friction point at entering the conversation does that make sense oh of course yeah i remember asking my friend who was like so uh in touch with this with this startup he was working at i was like hey how are you doing man and he would tell me how the startup is doing (laughs) how the startup is like doing this and like we hire a new one i'm like how are you doing like you know i had to read and he was like oh shit (laughs) i am i am in this like bubble yeah this is this is actually really related to a previous conversation i had on the show with um, Janet Liriano. Do you know Janet? I'm not sure, no. So she is the CEO of Lumia, okay. one of uh, 1517's portfolio companies, putting uh, clothing on the blockchain. Um, but Janet pointed out, she and I had this conversation about you know how to go out and make friends, especially as like a dropout or a young founder. And she and I both had this conversation on, don't tie your identity to your company. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a founder or not, I, because I think it's super easy for founders. Mm. Um, like one of the things I actually appreciate about Saul's stuff is he's pretty good at pushing up against this like, you know, you need to hustle, 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 grind, startup, hashtag startup life bullshit. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like you can build a good business without having to be like a crazy person who's taking modafinil and working 120 hours a week. Yeah. I think on the other end of the spectrum, you have the David Hahnemann Hansen um Basecamp founder. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, you can work 20 hours a week and be fine. It's like, yeah, hmm. there's something in between here. You can but, work remotely, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, Just, everyone can work remote all the time. It's like, probably yeah. not. Yeah. But you shouldn't tie your identity directly to your business. Exactly. And it's, I think it's very interesting how some of the top entrepreneurs got there through totally different ways than other top entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I know, like, my favorite authors, like Tim Ferriss or Ryan Holiday and, like, all these, like Seth Godin, like they normally don't go to business conferences. Whereas everyone is told in school to like, oh, you have to go to conferences and network. Like those authors, like they don't ever go to conferences, ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like what what's, people tell you, like I, I'm very curious to see like what the top people are doing and if that advice is actually true and relevant to what their journey has been. Well, I, I think it's, it's better to ask what were the top people doing when they were at my place, mm-hmm. right? Because it's so easy, because there, there's a couple things that happen. One is uh, that people recraft their stories in retrospect. <laughs> um, and I, not necessarily nefariously, this is just something that people do. Um, and people will often do it 
without even knowing that they're doing it, right? Uh, the other point is too, you know, what can I infer from what they actually did, right? What did they do and what did they not do? Um, I had a young man uh, ask me this morning uh, in, down in Pittsburgh, who I, I, I know quite well, you know, you don't like events, Zach. And I told him, I, I don't. I hate going to conferences. I only ever have ever done it because of work. And at this point, I only go if I'm paid. Mm -hmm. um, what are the top three events you recommend going to? And I told him none. Yeah. And he was like really confused. And it's like, no, you need to. And he was like, well, why? you're driving up to Toronto later today for an event. And it's like, well, it's not really a conference. Um, but even then, it's like there are specific people you want to meet because you think they're interesting. I think that's how you do event-based networking well. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. More tailored, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, know who's going. Uh, know who's hosting. Um, and based on a combination of the people who are going, who's hosting, and social proof around it, I think then you can make the decision about whether or not you would actually go. Like, if I found a, a, a conference that I just found online, I would almost never go to it unless someone I trusted was a speaker, an organizer, yeah. or a past attendee. Yeah. And spoke highly of it. Oh, definitely. I mean, I was flying I was flying here, and I was like, man, I normally don't ever go to networking events, but I'm going to this one. This is very strange, but it feels right, and it feels like I'm going to meet the right people because yeah. this is like a very tailored, highly curated event. Right. So outside of networking, how would a young person who is currently frustrated by... They, they did everything they were told to do, and they're starting to fall into this victim mindset or this schooled mindset. Um, let's say they're a sophomore, <laughs> a junior in college, and they want to go out and they want to get an internship. Yeah. Right? Especially, I, I find this particularly relevant because I think the best internships are those that aren't, aren't advertised. Mm. They're at, like... Not quite early stage companies, but you know companies that are maybe pre-seed into seed round. Sure. Like the company's not going to go under next week. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of work that needs to get done. What would you tell someone who came to you and said, you know, well, <laughs> you wrote a book on it. Yeah. What would what, what should I do? Well, I mean, the punchline or the the short summary of the book is that there's three main doors you can go through: the front door, the side door, and the creative approach. And the front door is where 90% of people fall into. This is the job application It's the portal. job application yeah. portals, monster.com, careerbuilder.com, internship.com. And no one ever sees your stuff. And I've been through, I submitted hundreds of, art, like literally hundreds of applications when I was trying to look for internships to like Coke, Ambassador, you know, like a bunch of like uh, big brands, but very little, like very little um, opportunity to even get in through the door. Oh, an absurd number of hires are made based on internal referrals. Yeah, so it didn't make any sense for anyone to go through that. And I still see people, to, even if they know, you know to, to choose the other two options, they still go the, e the quote-unquote easy route because they think that it's, it'll, you know, it's, it's easier to do it than to, you know, sec the second approach is the, the um, side door, which is through meeting people, right? Meeting people, internal referrals, like you said, is the number one, like, like source you get from people hiring other people. So that is the a route that I recommend most people to do. But the one that has been getting a lot of craze recently um, is the creative approach, where instead of going through a typical job application, um, you see, a, a, you see um, a description of the job that they're, they're looking for, and you kind of um, go out of the box to present them a solution that will benefit them immediately. 
So one example is uh, one guy uh, in like one of my clients. We have a Facebook group called Bot Academy Community where we chat about chatbots, right? Very niche topic. And this one random graduate, he would comment on every single post as if like he was um, like the chat, like the one of the uh, platforms, like customer support people, mm. <laughs> like as if like he worked for them. And he responded to everyone. The community loved him, and no one knew who he was. But he was really just a graduate, fresh out of college. And eventually, one of the the biggest uh, chat bill, uh, chatbot platforms hired him to be the community manager. And then from there, he got, kind of rose up the ranks. So that's one way of like, not really going through a job application process, but more like doing the work, proving yourself, and giving them gifts, yeah. giving the company gifts. So they can notice you. Well, Jay Abraham talks about this and getting everything you can out of all you've got, which I think is a fantastic book um, for anyone who is starting any kind of business. Yeah. But it's also a good book for people who are looking for jobs. Yeah. It's the, it's, that's the OG book. You yeah. Know? It's, it's, it's one of these books that when I came across it, I was like, why have I never heard of this ever? Yeah. Until like, I find this niche commenter on the internet who recommends it because, you know, like Ramit Sethi liked it. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> It's um, it's so good. It's a fantastic book, but you know it was written in the '90s, and a lot of the ideas that you know you just talked about that uh, you know Praxis, the company I previously worked with, talks about. It's these same ideas, and they're just not taught in schools, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like this direct response approach to getting a job. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite examples is. Uh, are you familiar with the Nina for, Nina for Airbnb? Airbnb? That's yeah. in my book. Yeah. Okay. She. I emailed her about it. I'm like, can I, can I put you in my book? She was like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. No, that's a great example. You know, if, if you haven't seen it, you should absolutely Google it. This uh, girl put together this, this woman put together this uh, big, uh, you know, how, how would you describe a website? It's a fantastic website that mirrored Airbnb's design and feel. And the layout was um, almost identical to Airbnb. And she wrote very specifically like long form like at least about 3,000 words about how she would um, help Airbnb with her skills so it's like a long form cover letter and resume yeah. in their style it was beautiful as a website it was, it was great she didn't end up getting the job with Airbnb but she got another job through it right yeah she got picked up by tons of different publications I originally read about it in Business Insider yeah and the C CEO of Airbnb actually saw the um, website and tweeted <laughs> about it so you know like you might not have get the job at Airbnb, but notice how many opportunities that came out of that. She yeah. had a dozen of job offers from that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that when my clients are looking for jobs uh, that I encourage them to do is they either look at the job description or look at what is this company not doing that their competitors are doing, right? Yeah. So obvious example in marketing is a lot of companies don't have lead magnets. Mm. I have no idea why. You go to their website and it's like a little sign-up form at the very, very bottom to get on their email newsletter. And this is something that you could easily put something together and you could shoot it to the director of marketing. You should, could shoot it to the CEO. Yeah. Be like, hey, I don't know if you're hiring for a position related to this, but I really love what you're doing, X, Y, Z reasons. I put together a little lead magnet for your website. Here's how you could install it. If you're interested in talking, you know, would like to schedule something. If not, you can use the lead magnet still. Yeah. Even in the cases where they're not hiring, I've seen companies say, like, we're not hiring, but you, know, you should talk to my friend who runs yeah, another company. Exactly. Right? It's so easy to get these extra referrals. Exactly. You know what's even baller though is is even if you don't even say like, oh, if you're hiring, let me know or whatever. Just give them the gift. Yeah. No. Mi I mean, one of the things I tell people is like, <laughs> make it very clear in your email that you're not giving to them on contingent on them hiring you. Say, you know, even if you're not interested in working together or hiring, please feel free to use this. Yeah. Because they'll be like, oh wow, 
This is, it's a gift. Yes, all a gift. I've got so many clients and job opportunities just because of that one, like, Rumi calls it the briefcase technique, but I think he didn't, he didn't invent that. <laughs> that. That's been around for, like, tons of years of business, of just, like, showing up to, you know, client meeting and, like, with prepared work or, like, with, you know, examples of your work in their, uh, you know, website or layout form or design or copy or whatever it is. Well, people don't do work anymore, so the, the bar is low. The bar is, the bar is so low. It is so low. The Irish do not do any work at all. I was reflecting on that over the last like two years or so. Just like holy, anyone could, anyone could go on a Facebook group and answer these questions, um, and then get noticed by the you know whatever team it is. But no one does it. That's what happened with ConvertKit as well, uh, which is now Siva, the email provider company. Um, someone went on the community, answered all the um, questions and support questions they had as if she worked for ConvertKit, mm. and then. Uh, Nathan Barry, the CEO, hired her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you don't have to go on necessarily a community forum for this, too. You do it on Quora, even. Yeah. Because a lot of companies will send their support reps on Quora or yeah. their marketing reps. Yeah. And if you're answering it for them, eventually they're going to notice. and They're going to be like, who is this person? Yeah. And it's it's so much easier to actually get that conversation started. Or even just starting a blog. Just writing, you know? No one blogs anymore. I, I met someone the other day, you know, maybe five to ten years older than me and he mentioned some blog and I was like I've never heard of it and he's like do, do people your age read blogs and it's like they do but very few people actually blog mm. and I think it's because of long form posting on Facebook Instagram Twitter things like this so the bar is really low to actually start a WordPress blog <laughs> and actually keep at blogging on one to three topics you know for a couple weeks yeah definitely Sam, if someone is listening to this and they are, first of all, curious in getting in touch with you, you know, you're in the 1517 community, which if you're listening to this uh, and you're not familiar with what that is, you know, go to our website, 1517fund.com forward slash take dash action and set up a call or conversation with us. Uh, but how should they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can contact me uh, through my personal email. It's right to tamfam at gmail.com, W-R-I-T-E-T-O. First, last name, and then tam, uh, at gmail.com. Great. Um, and yeah, and just reach out. Say hi. Tam, thanks so much. Yeah, man.